The following presentation has been prepared by the Video Tax News team for Canadian tax and financial professionals. Program recorded March 20th, 2019. Enjoy! Welcome to Life in the Tax Lane, April 2019 edition. Well, we had a lot of fun in March. We went to the budget lockup, learned a lot. We're going to talk a little bit about some budget mm -hmm. items this year. Also some other CRA initiatives and activities. Hugh, how are you doing? Well, now that we're back from the budget, your April Fools are back. Let's get rolling. <laughs> First Alrighty. thing, uh, uh, zero emission vehicles. This is a budget item. So the concept here is if you buy a vehicle that has an MSRP of $45,000 or less, then it's a zero emission vehicle you're going to be able to get a $5,000 rebate. When exactly will this start? We don't know yet, but the expectation is mm -hmm. in the 2019 year. Now, alternatively, if you're buying the vehicle for business purposes, you're going to be able to write off 100% of the vehicle. That is wonderful. Now, you have to take a caution here because if that vehicle were it gas power, just a regular old vehicle, and if we were limited to class 10.1 depreciation, that means you can only depreciate the first 30,000. If it was that type of vehicle, well then guess what? For electric ones, the zero, zero emission ones, it's going to be $55,000 is the magic number. So we're definitely going to have to watch out for that. Now, the other thing is, what exactly is a zero emission vehicle? We're talking about full electric vehicles or hybrids with plug-ins that have big batteries, 15 kilowatt hours or more, or hydrogen-powered vehicles. So that's what we're looking at mm -hmm. here. Yeah, and I wanted to toss to you, Hugh, about that investment issue. Oh, well, there were all sorts of good things in the budget. And I know I went up to the uh, finance guys and said, well, if I get an electric vehicle, do you know how long an extension cord I'm going to need? <laughs> and uh, they said not to worry, because we're putting a whole bunch of money into persuading builders, construction, landlords to put these charging stations out in more locations. So we may see them in more parking lots, mm -hmm. parkades going forward. And I think that's all part of the government's theory that by 2040, they would like every vehicle in Canada that's sold in 2040 and onwards to be zero emissions. So we'll see whether we yeah. get there. We got a few years to go. But yeah. in the meantime, Kate, we got to deal with other tax matters. Yeah, I got to tell you about this crazy provision in the act. So technically, if you do a strict reading of the act, if I were to, for example, go to the barber, get my hair cut, I'd pay them for the service I received, I'd give them a tip, and then I would follow it Follow it up with a T for a special tax slip. And you might be thinking, are you kidding me? And the answer is yes. If you provide a payment for a service, you need to issue a T4A. CRA, however, said, whoa, 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 that is way too broad. We are going to limit those requirements just to business-to-business -business transactions in excess of a de minimis test. Now, that still is a very broad uh, requirement, and in fact, a number of business advisors don't necessarily recommend issuing those T4As, even if businesses make a payment with respect to services received. And in fact, CRA has acknowledged that, and they said, you know what, if you don't properly fill out the T4A, you don't complete Box 48, we are not going to issue penalties with respect to the failure to complete that form. However, we still do expect you to be filing those T4As. But where does that leave us now? And recently we've had a little bit of mumblings in the tax and accounting community as to uh, increased enforcements with respect to the requirement to file these T4As. As a brief update for the 2018 year, CRA has still say, said that we are not applying penalties with respect to Box 48. However, some people are concerned 
that perhaps this is foreshadowing of removing that administrative relief moving forward into the future. So heads up on changes there. What a huge number of filings that would be. Every business-to-business -business transaction where our total payments for services to that recipient in the year is $500 or more. That's a lot of filings. Yeah, it's gotta so. be billions of slips. Ah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, this year and this time of year, a lot of people start thinking about their estate plan, the personal tax returns are done. What am I gonna do going forward? And I see a lot more interest in people saying, let's pass some of these assets on now. Let's not wait till we're implementing my will. Mm -hmm. The kids are gonna inherit the cottage anyway. Mm -hmm. Let's transfer it to them now. So maybe I wanna move that vacation, co vacation uh, cottage to my son. And the act says, if I give him a gift, I sold that asset for fair value. He bought it for fair value. So it's just like we sold it for what it was worth. Not too big a problem. It also says, if we transact at a price that's not fair value, I lowball the price, he only pays me a small amount, that's his cost, but I still sold it for full fair market value. So we've got to be cautious about that. Normally these are intended to be gifts though. So I go to the lawyer and say, paper it up, I'm giving the cottage to my son. The lawyer says, whoa, whoa, whoa. For that to be legally effective, you got to get consideration. We'll put that you're getting a dollar. Mm -hmm. Well, we went back to CRA and said, so if I do that CRA, did I sell this for a dollar? I got fair market value proceeds for tax purposes. He gets a cost of a buck. Mm -hmm. CRA said, you know, we kind of acknowledge there may be cases where we should look at that as being a gift. And if the dollar is clearly only to make the transaction legally effective, we're prepared to consider it a gift. I'm thinking I wouldn't go above a dollar and I'd probably make sure the paperwork says, it's a gift yeah. to my child of yeah. all this value. Big cautionary there. Mm -hmm. Make sure I've papered it up as well as I can. Uh, Joe, what's CRA looking at today? Well, over the last few months, we've noticed a trend where they're asking for lists and more information in respect of repair and maintenance claims against biz business income. Uh, so they're asking for this detail. What we've done is provided a list of links that might give you information to help you when you're responding to CRA, explaining the basics and some angles. Now, most likely they're trying to see if uh, there's an item in there that should be capitalized and not fully expensed in the year. Uh, one of the references we give you talks about a large roof replacement. So the whole roof or a big chunk of the roof was replaced and it was fully eligible for a write-off rather than capitalization. So look at that if you want or any of the other items. Mm -hmm. Well, let's shift, shift back, pardon me, to the federal budget. And another area where the government uh, really focused on was helping people buy their first time home. And, and there was a number of changes with respect to this. First off, they looked at sweetening the home buyer's plan, which would essentially allow individuals to pull money from their RRSP to use it to buy their first home. Well, the government has now proposed that individuals will be able to pull out $35,000 from their RRSP for this purpose, whereas in the past it was $25,000. So if you have more in your RRSP, you can pull more out. I mean, as a couple, that means up to $70,000 from your RRSP can get pulled in to your first time home. 
We also saw expanded access to this home buyer's plan if you have a relationship breakdown, marital breakdown, common law relationship breakdown. So a little bit of good news in those cases. There was another pretty big announcement, Hugh, uh, related to accessing financing for those first-time home buyers. What are we seeing there? What we're seeing here is what's called a shared equity mortgage. And these are not too common in Canada. The government said we're going to do two things. We're going to get out there and we're trying to encourage more organizations to give more of these and maybe get more players in the market. But the big one was we're going to get the Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation involved. And if you're buying your first home, you meet a number of criteria. They will advance 5%, up to 5%, or up to 10% if it's brand new construction, to buy that first home. But it's a shared equity mortgage. Now, what we don't know is what exactly does that mean? We don't have to make monthly payments. That was clear. Right. It shouldn't have interest. This shared equity concept doesn't normally have interest. But does that mean if they paid for 10% of my new house, when I sell it, they get 10% of the growth, not just the 10% they originally loaned? And we didn't get any answers yeah. for that in the budget lockup. Or losses. Too. We are, yeah, yeah. My <laughs> guess is they'd rather share the upside than the downside. <laughs> I know I'd rather work the other way. But we're going to have to find out what happens next. Yeah, and details should be coming out shortly. This program looks to be operational by September 2019. Now, let's take a, a look at one other item from the budget here, and it has to do with the training. We know that there's a big encouragement to, uh, you know, help people do lifelong training. So we've got this new training tax credit. So what is it? Essentially, if you are filing tax returns and you are earning between 10 and about $147,000 per year, the government is going to give you access to essentially $250 per year that you can use towards training at an eligible institution. Now, this amount is cumulative, so if you go four years without using it, all of a sudden you're going to have $1,000. Now, you can use that $1,000 to pay up to half of these training costs. Uh, so, you know, that's a wonderful thing. We're going to have to watch out mm -hmm. for how that works. I mean, we're seeing a lot more incentives for people to get trained. So as an employer, you know, maybe you're going to be losing people a li little bit more regularly for well, that. Possibly, especially since you're going to have every four years up to four weeks of EI benefits from this. So that'll be a change too. And uh, that I think is all we have time for this month. But everyone have a great April. The Video Tax News team has been providing Canadian professionals with practical tax information for over 30 years. Subscribe to one of our tax newsletters or join us as we present live and online seminars relating to both personal and corporate tax. For more details, visit www.videotax.com. Dot com. That's V-I-D-E-O-T-A-X dot com. The preceding information is for general informational purposes only and deals with dynamic, time-sensitive, and complex matters that may not apply to particular facts and circumstances. Information provided should not be relied upon as a substitute for specialized professional advice in connection with any particular matter. For more details, see videotax.com slash disclaimer. Copyright Video Tax News, Inc., 2019. All rights reserved.